This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you tired of the endless stream of fantasy marketing and vanity metrics? Yeah, so am I. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, media specialist, and marketing strategist. I'm also a student of professional development, and like you, I've been left frustrated by all of this influencer-driven generic advice, making us think that we are just one course, conference, or manifestation away from the life of our dreams. We need to cut through this crap and move beyond the posturing, beyond the facade, beyond the image, to take real action on the real work that will create the real results. This is the Beyond the Image Podcast. My guest today is Brandon Cockrell. He's the founder and president of Lynchpin Sales Interactive. Brandon, how are you doing today? Well, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm feeling burnt out because I've been doing a lot of content creation. And I've been told you have a better way to figure this out. And the reason I'm excited to kind of dive into this, this conversation is... Everything that I've been preaching on my podcast, and we're you know four hundred some episodes in, has been the importance of omnipresence, of getting in front of your target audience, providing amazing value to your target audience. Um, you know, my listeners know about my my six words of of advice: be seen, be heard, be read. Always being present and and offering value. However, so many of us, myself included get trapped in this in this modality where we're always generating content always generating content and it depletes any resources or time or bandwidth we have to actually do the work that we want to do um and i feel like it's gotten even more challenging uh you know particularly from 2020 on with so much more attention pushing into the digital space now shorter attention spans more competition harder to stand out a lot of factors at play here so just to set the stage super excited to dive in um why don't we start here um is it too late for business owners for entrepreneurs for solopreneurs to start to try to carve out their audience in the digital space is it too crowded or is there still time left to start getting in as we go into this new year? Yeah. So once again, thanks for having me on. And and obviously there's a lot that can be unpacked with everything that you just mentioned. As you were going through different segments and talking points, I just, it kept going off. Okay. Well, yeah, we need to talk about this first. We need to talk about that first in the foundational pieces. And to answer that last question there, no, it's not too late at all. As long as attention is on these platforms, there's going to be opportunity there. And the one thing that I have really become extremely aware to is that the world is so big. Digital has opened my eyes up to how many pockets, how many segments of audiences just are interested in certain things that you would never think they would be and digital and these uh this technology and algorithms and the way that 
these platforms are made, which is to keep you on them and to keep you uh, interested and engaged on their platforms, they're searching for people who want to consume your content. And it's extremely sophisticated. And it doesn't matter if uh, I was actually talking to a friend the other day and he was asking me about a business um, that he's looking to potentially start up. And it was around breweries. And I was like, that would absolutely crush it. There's such a segment. While you wouldn't think it from the outside looking in, I can guarantee you there are millions of people who are just regular consumers of local breweries all around the country. I can guarantee you that. And that's one thing that I have become very aware of. And uh, it's really opened my eyes over the last six and a half, seven years since I've really dove into this and actually built my business based off of uh, this whole digital world thing, um, that there's opportunity regardless of what you're looking for. So as long as there's attention out there, the opportunity is never going to be too late. You know, everybody wants to hear, everybody is unique and you are going to find your spot if you stay consistent and you continue to put your message out there. You know, I think our first posture in the digital space was build something and people will find it. And, and it was not hard, I think, early on to be found. Um, you know, you throw up a website and, and it can generate some traffic early on. Social media was quite finite. And thus the, 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 the number of distractions were, were much less. Um, now it's, it's, this this very intense, chaotic, uh, congested in in many ways, um, space and with so much noise going on, it can be sometimes frustrating for entrepreneurs to feel like they're putting out a signal that's being heard. Uh, what advice would you give in this kind of this new framework where it's not just putting something up and hoping people find it, but actually being able to find your audience first? with with the right content? Well, I mean, uh, understanding data and understanding, you know, whenever you put something out there and being, uh, you know, obviously I've been a practitioner and what we do and what we do for our clients, I have had the uh, opportunity and fortune or it could be looked at as unfortunate of having to go through the process and really understanding what your audience is engaging with, with certain pieces of content. Not every piece, not every message, not every offer, not every promotion is going to speak to your audience. So really making sure that while you're posting, each post that you put out or each piece of content, you have a plan of what you need to be looking for to know if that resonated or if it did not. And so making sure, I'm very big on having a strategy regardless if you are looking to scale or you're just getting started, understanding what each level of growth means and what that looks like. Because it doesn't mean that you're going to start posting content and overnight millions of dollars are going to start rolling in. That's not the point. You post the content to learn a little bit more. And you know that's one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, whenever... We are working, whether they've been in business for a long time, they're used to the traditional type uh, advertisements or the traditional type content that's out there. You know, they want to make sure that it's perfect before they put it out. And 
I have to try to get them to realize that that's not the name of the game anymore. The longer you wait to start is the longer you wait to figure out how to make things right. And once you start, that is the beginning to figuring out and getting your message out there. So from the first piece of content that you put out, understanding what the data is telling you to let you know if that's resonating and it's getting the attention that you ultimately want. Because then on that next piece of content, you learn a little bit, you put the next one out. You learn a little bit, you put the next one out. And each time that you are delivering content, you are learning and you're progressing day after day, month after month. And that is a large part of the game that we're going. And the, the faster you can decipher what data is telling you, the faster you're going to get to where you want to go. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the testing and just putting stuff out there and getting started and then allowing the market to tell you what they want and what they don't want. And you're going to, to see quicker results. So, you know, that's where a lot of my focus goes into and a lot of my coaching, you know, obviously is around that. You know, it's interesting, I think, in in the spirit of testing things out, there is this assumption, you're right, that I need to nail this perfect on the first on the first go around. But it's quite difficult for one to find their voice in especially especially in content creation. Um, you know, a lot of the work that we pump out, you know, I'm a photographer. I do lots of photo tutorials. I've been doing photo tutorials for years with you know, mixed results. Some do very well, some not as much. And <clears throat> randomly, uh, you know, we were going to do a tutorial, just kind of spur of the moment. My makeup artist turned on the camera and she said, all right, just do a tutorial real quick. We'll throw this up. And I just looked at the camera and I was tired and feeling a little snarky that day. And I said, well, here's how you take a photo that doesn't suck. And I said it and then immediately started laughing because I was like, I can't believe I said that. But I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, you know, We're just going to see. And that video did so well that I realized, okay, well, let's do another one. Let's do another one. And every time we do a new part in this series, and we even have like a title card, how to take photos that don't suck. Um, not only does that video do well, but all the other videos in that series get a bump. But that took a while to find, you know, we we're on the right theme of, you know, behind the scenes content, lighting tutorials, things like that. Thematically, we were there, but we didn't find the voice until we were testing stuff out and seeing what worked. Now, that could have not worked very easily. That could have not worked. And my audience could have been like, don't try to be an asshole. Like, this isn't working for you. And, and that would have been the end of that. And we would have tried something else. Um, but it's that willingness to test. Now, you know, looking at this, what sort of data points should should uh, listeners be looking out for so that they're analyzing the right numbers? Yeah. So, I mean, and if you're posting and constantly looking at that data and we do a lot of paid campaigns as well, right? We're constantly looking at click-through rates. We're looking at if you are running some paid campaigns, the cost per uh, CPMs that are out there, or the cost to get in front of a thousand uh, users or, or people. And we're constantly looking at those soft stats, you know, obviously watch rates and viewership. So how much of a video are they watching? Are they watching 25%? Are they watching 50%, 75%? You know, are you getting engagement whenever it comes to comments, uh, likes, you know, all the vanity, so-called vanity metrics, um, as much as you want to dismiss those, because they don't do a lot 
seem like they're getting revenue coming from them, but they are very important, especially early on in your process to really look at what are what is working and what is not, what is performing the best. Because once you start posting content and you're getting it out there and you see that certain messages, certain videos are working well from an organic perspective, then you want to put a little bit more gasoline on that fire. And that's whenever you may want to turn that into some type of a paid campaign that you're pushing it and controlling it, making it get out in front of more people that most likely are going to like it just as much as the people that liked it organically. And so you can really test on what to put your money behind uh, whenever it comes to that as well. So, um, you know, the the click-through rate, the engagement, obviously, just kind of, you don't have to to be a, a scientist getting in there. You can tell which ones uh, perform better than others. But, you know, obviously, if people are watching 50, 75% of a video, if they're staying engaged, if they're sharing, if they're liking, if the click-through rate's there, um, then you're going to uh, notice that it is performing a lot better than others. And that's typically uh, how I would just try to keep it very, very um, generic, so to speak. Because um, you can normally tell just by the engagement and how people are responding to it. Yeah. The point I would add to that is that it's content that is reinforcing what your brand is trying to do. And the example that comes up so often with my clients, I, I work with a lot in the health and fitness space, is they'll create a lot of value-driven content that might perform, you know, mediocrely. Um, but then they'll throw up, you know, some kind of thirsty photo, you know, that, you know, gains a lot of attention from individuals who will never purchase from them. So yeah, yes. it's going to drive a lot of engagement. It's going to, it's going to, you know, tick that vanity box, but that's not really going to lead to any extra dollars in the bank. If what you're posting is not consistent with what it is you're trying to, to offer to your clients. So, um, that that kind of leads me into another point, which is, you know, I see a lot within, you know, the fitness industry, but I, I have to imagine it that's a fast assembly of any industry, which is individuals will see a competitor or someone in that space doing something that seems to be performing well for them. And then they just try to do the same thing. And now it becomes this sea of sameness. And everyone's trying to create the same sort of post or reels or TikToks. And it's really hard now to differentiate anyone within a, a specific industry. Um, any advice on differentiation or trying to create something that is unique and that does stand out? Yeah. And I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, it's got to just because something performed well, whenever you did something that may be a little outside of what, is part of your brand message or what you're trying to get across doesn't necessarily mean it's it's going to work for actually driving your business and your brand forward. And, um, you know, that's why I go back to the strategy. The strategy is so important, laying the groundwork of what are we trying to accomplish? Where do we want to be six months from now? Where do we want to be 12 months from now? Let's reverse engineer that back to figure out how we're going to get there. And then coming up, and one of the most powerful things that we do for our clients, and it seems very mundane and not a big deal, but it has turned out time and time again to be probably the most powerful thing that we put together. And that's a, a, a calendar of 
here's what we're going to do. Here's kind of the message that we're going to present. Here's the piece of content that we're going to put out there. Here's either the offer or the promotion that we're going to be running. And you stick to that plan. And one of the issues, especially since the pandemic and everybody was, you know, trying to create content, become virtual and all of this, is that there's so much noise out there and sh so many shiny objects. I can't tell you, you know, I'm getting at least a thousand messages a day, I feel like, about, oh, I should be doing this on TikTok. Instagram changed your algorithm. Facebook, you need to be in the reels and the stories. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing that. And so easy. And I've fallen victim to it early on as I was getting started, trying to do everything that I thought was right. And all that I have realized over time is that sticking to your plan, just being consistent and talking about the things that you're passionate about and what you're actually doing to help others and being able to, at first, you may not be able to get it across all platforms. You know, now I, I've got a team and I, I have the ability to where they take it, they clip it, they make it native to each one of the platforms. So the content goes out whenever we're posting to all major platforms. Uh, but it's not that I'm over, you know, overdoing it for any of those. I'm just putting that content out there. And if it seems to, to work, great. If it doesn't, people are still seeing. I'm going places uh, around my community and all that people are bringing up. Hey, I saw this video. I tried that sales tactic or I tried posting this or I tried posting that. And I never saw them share anything. I never saw them. You're not getting that, that dopamine hit sometimes until you stay consistent. And it didn't matter that I had a, a same clip that I shared on LinkedIn is the same one that I shared on Facebook or Instagram. It was the same thing. And I just put it out there and I just stay consistent and it's continuing to grow and people continue to come up to me and talk to me about how they are watching the content, how they're engaging with it, how they're sharing with it. And, you know, that to me is what it's all about. It's not necessarily, are you coming directly through that piece of content and buying something from me? No, but you are engaging and it is something that obviously people are finding relevant and it's helping me build my brand and my, my credibility and just become an authority whenever it comes to what it is that I'm, I'm doing. And it's nothing overthinking. And most of it, to be quite honest, people try to do too much with content. All I recommend is just document. It may seem a little weird, but you're going to see the results. You know, film yourself while you're doing an interview. Just have your phone up there you know, watching you in your authentic self. And, you know, you saw during that one video that took off, I knew, I kind of had a feeling where you're going with that. My best performing video I've ever done, and this is still to this date, was four or five years ago. I was out on a run outside of my neighborhood, had a thought, and I was pissed off. Like, I was just like, ah, I'm just sick and tired of people losing their money whenever it comes to this. And so I just popped out the phone, started recording, and I just shared it. I was sweaty. It was just two minutes of me just kind of going off about quit wasting your money, doing X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. Still to this day, the most engagement, the best performing. And, you know, I just think that it's that, that authenticity that people see, and they see that realness coming out. And you can't be afraid to do that as well. So I know I kind of went off and, and rambled a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I'm big proponent on the strategy, making sure you've got things planned out and stick to it. Don't let all this other noise and shiny object get in your way. If you stay consistent, you're going to win. And I think all this comes down to 
you, kind of a point that you've been you've been hitting here and there, which is the content has to be good. Mm-hmm. It has to be content that your audience wants to see, that your audience gets value from, whether that's information, inspiration, uh, entertainment. They're getting something from this transaction, yep. and it's what's keeping you top of mind for them. Um, and I think the reason that when things are not as refined or not as polished or, or seemingly as perfect, like your example, going out on a run and you just put something out there is because we're just so used to seeing people polish things. We're so used to things being just the greatest hits of, of someone's, someone's life or such a curated aesthetic that, that they're trying to share of, well, you know, it's my third post. So this one has to be a quote tile. And then the fourth post has to, it, it, it it's, yep something that feels real enough that I want to pay attention to. Um, I want to circle back to what you were saying earlier, which is once you have content that you notice is working to, to maybe even test putting some, some promotion behind it or some advertising behind it. Um, this is something uh, we've done quite a bit um, with, with some fairly good success, but it's only successful if the content itself was good. I could take something I really want to be good or I really want people to see, and I could put some dollars behind it. But ultimately, either I'm going to waste my money or the ad's just not going to perform unless I don't spend any money because no one engaged in the ad. So Facebook or Instagram, they just stop showing the ad. It doesn't behoove these social media platforms to show a bad advertisement that people are ignoring or not engaging with because their whole goal, as you said, at the top of this is to keep people on the platform. So they're not going to let you hit your budget on a, on a really crappy ad. But when we run organic content, you know, content that we, that we had published and we take that content and then we put it as an ad, if that content was doing well, originally putting advertising dollars behind it can really grow it exponentially. And then not, at a high budget, I'm talking a very modest budget, uh, but I found that's a very successful way to build a growing audience of of individuals very similar to to the followers or the, the you know the the community that you've built already. A hundred percent. I mean, um, it is probably one of the strongest forms, and and it, it's not really viewed that way. People think about. Got to post content. Got to got to just have different things that are going to engage. They don't think about you know. Well, if this works well, whenever I post it, how can I just get more people to see it? And they may give up on that. They don't realize that. Well, now you you need to pay a little bit, but the the most likely you're going to get a pretty big return whenever it comes to that. Now that return can mean a lot of different things depending upon what your goal is, obviously. If you're just looking at conversions, it, you know you, you may need to assess that a little bit different. But if you're looking for, I'm just trying to get more exposure. I'm trying to get people to know more about me and into my circle and become aware that I exist, then yes, 100%, you need to be considering the best organic posts that I have. Obviously, if it's performing well, then there's something to that. And probably more people that are like the audience that are already liking it are going to like it as well. I just need to get out in front of them. And and you do need to put a little bit of money behind it 
but you don't have, I mean, $10 a day goes a long way with a good piece of content. It really does. Like, and that's what uh, a lot of, and I tell, I talk about this a lot because one of the biggest misconceptions, especially whenever it comes to digital is you got to have a large budget. You got to, you know, pour all this money, put thousands of dollars into it. And I'm like, and maybe it's because I, I've had to build the business and I've been in the trenches and I've worked with startups all the way to nine figure businesses across all different industries and, and marketplaces and whenever it comes to this. And there is a strategy for any budget. There is the ability to get success and move your business forward on any budget out there when you have the right thing and the right strategy in place. And uh, at the end of the day, it all comes back to, and the whole purpose of creating content, yes, you want to create your brand and generate possibly some sales from that, but you want to stay top of mind. Staying top of mind, it's what's worked for centuries. It's how the biggest brands were always made, and they are today, is just staying top of mind. And by, a by being able to push content out just by putting a little bit of money behind it, one, alleviates the need to have to consistently create new content every single day. Uh, the other aspect is focus, and this is one of the biggest areas of opportunity that almost every business does not think about, even myself for a long time, is you've got to focus on how can I just get that person to become where I exist, obviously engage with a piece of content, but then get them to just get into my database. How can I get their, their email address? And how can I build a database of people that know, like, and trust me so that whenever I am having a promotion or I'm having an offer, they're going to be the first ones that engage. They're going to be the first ones that refer. They're going to be the first ones that share. And your database is the biggest asset. And you can potentially market to them essentially for free at that point through email and through text and all these, these uh, you know, methods and means. And so, you know, that is one thing that I promote a lot. Obviously, whenever it comes to the paid side of stuff, you know, allow yourself to duplicate and just extend your content, but also to focus on getting your database built up. That is going to be the biggest asset in order to stay top of mind and nurture your audiences. So much to really unpack from that. So when we think about this idea of why we need to stay top of mind for, for our audience, it's because this is something that is so painful, but we always have to remember the audience is only going to purchase when they are ready to purchase, not when we want them to purchase. Like we, we drop a new book and we want everyone to run out and buy it. We have a new program, new service, new mastermind, whatever. We're, we're so anxious to make the, the sale and to get people to consume, but maybe they're not ready to consume at that moment. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe what you're offering, that solution or that benefit is not a need for them in this given moment. But if you can stay top of mind with them, when that need does surface, when that that desire does come to the to the forefront, well, then they are going to think of you first because you're the person who's been there, top of mind, consistently giving value to them this entire time through really great content. And then the natural progression, as you mentioned, is how can I invite them now into my ecosystem where they can signal back to me? Yeah, I'm paying attention. Yes, I want I want a little more from you. I want to sign up for that text list or I'd like to onboard with that email list. You know, I'm curious to to further this connection. I want to get more value from you. And that's just them saying, 
I'm closer to making a purchase from you. Um, Circling back to uh, when we were running ads, one of the things we did was we would run, uh, you know, I've given lots of presentations. We would take like 60 minute long presentations. We would run that as an advertisement and just see who would watch more than 50% of it. Like they're sitting there for a half hour watching what technically is an ad that doesn't sell anything, but what a warm audience to then run a second ad to, which maybe does promote something like a lead magnet, not for sale, but something for free. Um, And all of a sudden the cost to run that second ad is so much less because it's run to an audience that spent at least 30 minutes watching me give a presentation. So they're so ingrained and aware of who I am and what I can do for them. I mean, you hit it right on the head there. And we're, we're big, big advocates. A lot of people don't realize that the power of retargeting and remarketing based off of engagements or viewership is incredibly, uh, it's one of the most powerful tools that everybody has access to, but hardly anybody takes advantage of it in the right way. I'm a big believer, you know, one uh, mentor that I had many years ago, you call them mini docu-series, right? Like where we would put out some type of video content, even like you said, a 60 minute training. If they're watching 30 minutes of a 60 minute training, they have interest in what it is you're talking about. Now, your job isn't to sell them right then and there. Your job is to say, okay, you, you've kind of, I got your, I got your awareness. I got your interest. Now, let me try putting this other piece of content in front of you, see what happens. And that way you move them through the buyer's journey, through the content that you're putting in front of them. And then you can start to warm them up. And, you know, obviously this is uh, ultimately the, the name of the game is staying in front of them first through social and the, the best way that you can control. And as we, as you even mentioned early on about the organic piece is that, the platforms aren't just going to just put pieces of content out there to put pieces of content out there. They're going to put and prioritize the ones that are, are the best and because they want their users to stay on the platform. And that's the best chance that they have. Well, if you're putting money behind it, you have a little bit of control over what that content is doing and you can get it into people that have shown interest. And imagine for a second, if somebody had no clue you exist, but you do a 60 minute webinar on something that's important to it. Here, here are these five things that you need to do in your business to start getting more sales, right? And you're doing a 60 minute training. They're just on there watching it. The data is tracking their viewership. They watch over 50% of that. They leave without taking action, but then they go back to Instagram or they go back to, to Facebook later on, or they go watch a YouTube video. And then boom, they're seeing a client testimonial video about you and how you help that client get to where they want to go. How impactful is that? They're going, oh, wow. So I just listened to, he had great points on this. Now I'm seeing that somebody else has used them and had success. Okay. All right. So this is all, this all of a sudden becomes a little more legitimate. Then they leave. And then once again, they see another piece of content. Maybe it's another thing that you are putting out there from a value form and you continue to put those touch points. You stay top of mind but you also are getting their trust, getting and building a relationship with them through the content. And then you start asking for a little bit more of uh, a call to action or maybe get them to opt in. 
And then at that point, that's whenever you have a good strategy on the back end as well to get them to actually become a client. But that's how, you know, the brands are formed. That's how the business is done. And that's how you can leverage this to really work for you um, and actually build your brand that way. But so many just, they, they don't understand the capabilities and the power that's behind it when done correctly. Now, this can sound a little bit intimidating to, mm -hmm. let's say, like a, a freelancer or solopreneur. Um, what advice would you give on ways that they can systemize this or make this a manageable approach if they are just a one-person shop, you know, kind of, kind of navigating the, these waters for the first time? Yeah. So a great question. And, um, you know, it's something that we, cause a, a big part of my passion is, is obviously I left the corporate world, started this business kind of on a naive note, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into and just started hopping into the digital space out of necessity, started getting on, pulling my phone out, doing camera or getting comfortable being on camera and doing things. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I have a passion for solopreneurs or entrepreneurs who are trying to just change the course of maybe their family tree, or they're just trying to, to do something special that's more meaningful to them. And so I've always searched for ways to, to really help that market. And, um, you know, one thing as far as whenever it comes, whenever you're coming up and trying to strategize about content, one piece of advice I can give you is everybody tends to make the mistake of competing for the same audience that is 5% of your target market of your audience that is looking to buy right now. So you're, you're, you're creating content, you're trying to force the issue of, I need to tell them why they need to buy from me today. And you're always going to lose that battle, especially when you're starting off, because that is where a lot of that money and the most expensive audience is going to be. And quite frankly, you usually aren't going to have the credibility yet in the marketplace to really compete at that level. So start thinking about the audience and whenever you're creating content for the audiences that are going to be ready to buy three months from now, six months from now, 12 months from now, and start positioning your messaging first and foremost in a way that speaks to them, educates them, so that they start looking at you as that go-to person that they want to do business with when that time comes. And you will start seeing a big difference when you start focusing on content for people, how you can leverage yourself and make sure you're the top pick when they're ready to buy 90 days from now. You know, what should they be watching out for? What are things they should be considering? What are things that they should look out for whenever they're trying to find somebody or a product that does what your product does or what your service provides? So start thinking that way whenever you're, you're really analyzing and coming up with your content strategy. Second thing is just take it day by day. You know, don't overthink it. Just start off trying to post on one platform. The, the ability to become omnipresent in a multi-channel, that will come. Just start slow. Anything is better than nothing and just start. That's the biggest advice I can give you. Just start. If you need a buddy system, do a buddy system. You know, have a, somebody else that's a peer that's also starting their business or a friend or a family member and, and create content with them that is based around your business or what it is that you are providing because it can become a lot easier that way. 
And then third, the one area to focus on, and this is where a, a simple small budget pay campaign can go a long way. Start local, obviously, because you can normally get in front of a lot more people and make a bigger impact when you're talking to a local market. You, I understand you may want to go national and be a national brand or a global brand, but starting local early on, hyper-focus your messaging to people within that certain area, whether you're in a city or a state, whatever that may mean, and focus on just how can I get people to become aware I exist, i.e., you run a, a paid ad to that audience, and it could just be a graphic about your business or a video. Video is the strongest form. But you run an ad, you know that people are going to see that piece of content. And then once they become aware, focus on how can I just get them to exchange their email address for something I have to offer so I can get them into my database. And just focus on building your database. That is going to be the foundation of your business. It's going to be one of the biggest assets that you're always going to have. And the people that are opting into that database allows you an opportunity to stay top of mind in one area through email, mostly, and you're going to be able to market to them essentially uh, for free at that point and stay in front of them on a consistent basis. So you're not having to spend money on ads or create a ton of different pieces of content. And that will help you start building the foundation and start growing so that then you can start putting more money and you start getting more time and you can start outsourcing and hiring. And that is how I would recommend starting off. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you just got to start. Mm -hmm. You know, what I really picked up from this is we need to be expanding our timelines a bit. I think we as content creators forget how we actually act as content consumers, as content consumers or as a consumer in general, we don't make impulsive purchases of something we see right away more often than not. We want to learn about something. We want to be aware of, of who they are and what they do. We want to have trust with the individuals we're investing in or the brands that we're choosing to invest in. We want to establish a rapport. We want to feel heard by them. But you know, for some reason, when we're the ones pumping out the content, we, we overlook that. We forget that. And if we're expanding the timeline, realizing that attention is an asset that must be earned and once it is earned it must be retained and with that kind of focus in mind it shifts thinking about the types of content that you create how often you're creating content and how much value you want to deliver through that content so that you're both earning and retaining that attention so that when you do have something you want to position well yeah, you're going to be the top of mind person for this audience that you've been incubating for weeks to months to maybe in some point years. I mean, and I'm sure every one of my listeners has had this message where someone will message us and say, you know, oh, I, you know, I'd like to book a project with you. I've been following your work for years. And some people will just take that as flattery. And I look at it, I'm like, okay, it took years for them to build up enough trust with our brand before they were willing to invest in us. That means if years is too long, I have to further invest in how I am nurturing 
audience members like this person so that years turns into a year or turns into months or turns into weeks. And I think that's a really good position that that you were that you were laying out in 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 your strategy. For sure. And and coming up with ways to obviously shorten that time period. And typically, you know, whenever somebody's been following either one, they they weren't ready at that moment. And that's just part of the sequence and the buyer's journey for some is that it may be a couple of years before they're ready to buy. However, there are ways because sometimes it's just a matter of trust. It's a, it's a matter of credibility. It's a matter of, of a relationship being built. Obviously the relationship being built, the pandemic made this, you know, even more important or easier to do is that people do build relationships via video now. Like it's just of the norm. I know so many people that I would trust them with my children who I've never met in person. I've just had conversations and I've met with them via Zoom or some type of virtual meeting. And so it's it's become a little bit of a norm. So you can build a relationship just from them continuously seeing you in, in front of them, whether that's video or audio or even written at that point. Um, so the other side of that is really, especially as you're starting off, understanding how you turn one opportunity into multiple, right? And this is something I talk to a lot of new business owners about and coach them on is whenever you're starting out, you get that first, you just want to get that first sell. Then you want to get a second sell. Then you want to get that third sell. Well, how do we leverage that and multiply it in the world we live in today? Well, we need to make sure, one, you take as much care with that first customer as possible. But two, you have some parameters in place that allow you to ask them to provide their feedback via maybe it's a piece of user-generated content. Maybe it's a testimonial. Maybe it's a case study that you then can leverage. And that's a little bit of a burst and credibility and trust from others when they see that you're doing it for someone else. And so it's not just about you putting that content out. It's how do I take advantage of the opportunities that I have? And I may only have one client right now. If I sell a product and I ship it to them, why don't, if that's your first one, at that point, you should have something in place to follow up with them and say, hey, do you mind posting a picture of my product on Instagram and, and and tagging my brand in it, that is going to be one of the strongest forms of content. And I guarantee you, you doing that and them doing that for you will turn that one client into two or three. And so really focusing on how you take advantage of every opportunity uh, that you got coming in, especially as you're starting off to, to get faster uh, turnaround times. It's not going to happen for everybody, but it will help with people that are looking to buy sooner than later. And this is really all about understanding not just the consumer journey, but what the consumer will physically have to go through to engage in your brand and engage in your business and looking at that user experience at every step of the way. What happens when they find my Instagram page? Is there clarity with the messaging? Are they invited to take the next step? Well, what happens when they take that next step? What are the things that reinforce them to then take the step after that. Every one of these is an opportunity to ensure that there are no holes in the process, but also that you can actually enhance and delight the user experience. I mean, little things like we we do like custom confirmation pages when anyone 
you know, uh, on boards with something or signs up for something or purchases something. It's such an overlooked thing that mm-hmm. we can really capitalize on. Someone books a, a call with us, custom confirmation page. Everywhere where we can, where we have a touch point to reinforce our brand awareness and position in that consumer's mindset. And this is not a lot of money. There's like no money to do some of these things, but it's little things like this when done cumulatively can can really be the difference between being forgotten and having clients wanting to talk about you to others. And I think that's that's such an important point. Uh, Brandon, where can where can listeners go to learn more about you, some of the work you're doing and, and perhaps connect with you uh, one-to-one? Yeah, so you can go to our website, lynchpinsales.com. Um, we've got a new program out uh, that you can go to growyourbiznow.com. It's really great if you're a solopreneur just kind of starting off. Um, you know, we put a big focus on, and I was actually listening to your podcast about predictions on 2023 and the faster results as far as just trying to break down your programs. And I think that we've done a really good job with that. Obviously it, it, it continues to be refined and all that, but, um, grow your biz now that's B I Z now.com. Uh, but posting content, I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn, uh, which is just my name. And then at Lynchpin Cells on Facebook and uh, Instagram and YouTube um, is where you can find us, find more content, and hopefully uh, engage with us. Awesome. We're going to make sure all those links are in the show notes. Brandon, really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. Honored to be here, Jay. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.